0: Hi, I'm Angie Brown and you are listening to the Being Luminary podcast. The podcast where I sit down with everyday but by no means ordinary thought leaders to talk about being luminary in life and in work. Hello friends, nice to be here again. I've been reflecting this week on the murder of Chris Cabba, and thinking about how two years ago people were very, very exercised about the murder of George Floyd. There's been relatively little notice taken of Chris Cabber in this country, somewhat overshadowed by the recent death of the Queen, of Queen Elizabeth II. And so it's just given me pause really again. Think about race and think about how we talk about race and how we acknowledge the deep, existing, abiding racism that exists in many of our institutions. A few weeks ago, the United States Justice Department brought federal charges against four police officers who were accused of killing Breonna Taylor. She was the 26-year-old emergency room technician who lived in Kentucky. And she died on the 13th of March, 2020. Brianna was an innocent victim of a disastrously executed police raid related to a former boyfriend of hers. At the time of the shooting, Brianna was in the apartment with her new boyfriend, Kenneth Walker. Thinking that intruders and not police were at the door, her boyfriend, Walker, fired a warning shot when officers forced their way into the apartment and that warning shot hit one of the officers. 32 shots were fired in return and six of them hit Briona. And the charges are civil rights related, not manslaughter or murder charges. And these include unlawful conspiracy obstruction and unconstitutional use of force. And state charges of reckless endangerment were also brought against one of the officers involved in the raid, but he, um, he's been acquitted. The particulars of that night in Louisville and the differing accounts of what happened don't necessarily need to be raked over, certainly not here on this podcast. There have been lots of words written about Breonna, just as millions more were written about the death of George Floyd, whose murderer, Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin, was brought to justice. It seems that statistics will always be open to interpretation and side-taking, depending on where you sit in the spectrum politically. But I do think it's worth us noting, again, just how rare it is for police officers to be held accountable for their actions. We see this time and time again in the state, not held accountable through actions through state or federal legal processes. We also see this in the UK, in the US, cases of manslaughter or murder involving on-duty police officers around one-tenth of cases result in charges being laid. Around half of those officers are convicted and the other half get off scot-free. I'm not saying any of this to undermine the role of the police force. Resma Menneken makes a really interesting case for police forces and for what needs to happen for people to take on police work, for the fear that's created, for the mistrust that's created on both sides of that, being a police officer and also not being. We know that police work is hard and it must be incredibly stressful. And there are a few occupations where one's daily job is to go armed into a situation with people who could be armed also. And in the case of America, awash with guns, the prospect of being armed resulting in death is probably significant. We know even going to school carries risks. We've seen mass shootings across the states in the last few years but that responsibility that carrying a gun in the course of work I guess for many of us we see it as meaning that you carry a higher um, standard a higher benchmark for your conduct we gift that protection to the police we as a society confer on those people who are paid to protect us. We confer that privilege, if you like, of, of protection. And so when it comes to police work, we have to ask questions about why it is that minority communities continue to disproportionately account for the majority of stop and searches in the UK, of prison population in the States... The optics around the murder of Breonna Taylor, four white officers, three men and one woman killing a black woman, also, I think, require us to take extra care, extra scrutiny. And when race is considered to be a factor, I think we need to continue to hold a higher level of accountability, expectation for accountability at least. We could say that George Floyd's family got justice with the conviction of Derek Chauvin. And I hope that the legal system brings accountability and justice to Breonna Taylor's family in a similar way, Chris Cabber's family in a similar way. I'm also minded to think about the Smallman sisters. The system really needs to build in more accountability for it to do its work properly and then to hold us to account for our silence and our avoidance of what are clearly institutional issues. Now, I talk and have been talking over the last few weeks about the development of cultural quotient in organisations as a mechanism for not just knowing that differences exist, but for developing more curiosity about the ways in which our lived experiences shape our engagement with others. I quite often receive questions about how we can be more curious about other people's lives and not be intrusive or become overly reliant on them sharing their lived experiences with us. And as with most of my answers, whether it's coaching or diversity, equity, inclusion work, I say start with yourself. Work out the prism through which you view your own life. Understand how your context has shaped your attitudes and behaviors and try to analyze how this has affected you and impacts upon the way you show up. And then I say get busy learning. We rarely need to start with our colleagues or peers when it comes to understanding the lived experiences of people who have historically. Underrepresented and marginalized identities. There is so much richness out there in the form of book learning, talks on YouTube, research, podcasts, and we can start there. So I want you to take that provocation that you can do lots more work than you're doing. And I don't want you to walk away empty handed from this episode. I want you to sit for a moment and just reflect on what you can do to find some sovereign perspective on the death of Chris Cabber, on the death of Brianna Taylor. I want you to sit for a moment and reflect on how you can find some sovereign perspective on the discrimination faced by the trans community right now, on the hate crimes being perpetrated against people who hold the protected characteristic of identifying as LGBTQ+. I want you to sit and find some sovereign perspective right now. Where can you go to help you find a sovereign perspective on any of these matters? If you would like support with this in your institution, in your organisation, in your school, in your college, in your university, then as always I invite you to reach out to me where I undertake this work side by side with you bringing luminary perspectives and showing you all that you are luminary and your organizations definitely can be luminary can be lighthouses can be safe harbor for all and everyone thanks so much for listening see you in the next episode bye-bye thank you for listening to the being luminary podcast I would love to hear your thoughts on the podcast, so please do leave us a review. Each month, I will be picking one of our reviewers to get a free laser coaching session as a thank you. And remember, if you know a luminary or an everyday thought leader who would benefit from listening to this podcast or who would love to be featured on the cast, then please do share it with them. This episode was presented by me, Angie Brown. Original music is by Martin Ostwick. The series is edited by Big Tent Media and produced by Emily Crosby Media.